Um, hello, uh, it's Josiah. I'm back on the second episode of Card Keepers. Uh, when I made the first episode, I had the intentions of making like a weekly video, but uh, I think it's been like uh, maybe actually a month now. It's, it's gone pretty fast uh, that I've last posted a video, and it's because um, me being a freshman, it's gotten pretty busy, and uh, at times I just have other things that are a little bit more important. But um, like I said in the first episode, I was going to. Uh, I was giving like foreshadowing about what was going to come in the uh, upcoming episodes. So uh, I already spoke about like the difference uh, between uh, collecting, investing, and for the flip, uh, how I got into it, uh, and really what the purpose of the upcoming episodes were going to be about. But uh, I just wanted to make maybe like one or two episodes more uh, going in a little bit more depth about uh, the collecting and investing aspect and the quick flip. Uh, the resale. So the reasoning for that is a lot of people I see in the YouTube comments, uh, different scenarios, what, what's wrong with them is uh, they're going through uh, like a part getting introduced into the hobby, but like there's either nobody to help them or they're very um, confused on um, how to really like understand it or fully grasp it or get what they want to do in the hobby. Because I see a lot of people, what happens is uh, I'm in a Discord chat right now. I'll link it in the description. It's very helpful. There's a lot of nice people in there. But I see a lot of people coming in there asking questions more for collecting where they can buy a certain thing or they're asking if somebody has it. But then they don't understand why it's so expensive or they refer back to when they were a kid when things were a lot easier because they don't necessarily understand the quick flip now and how people are selling it, and how the market works with cards. And I was just going to make these uh, next few videos explaining that uh, to make it a little bit more easier for people to get introduced. Uh, and I hope I also hope this uh, um, improves my uh, podcast a little bit too. Uh, the viewership, well, not viewership, I guess, more like uh, listeners, uh, because I think last <laughs> I only had four. But um, yeah. So the first thing I want to get into is collecting. Uh, last video, I think I referenced uh, the definition of collecting basically as uh, you gaining an amount of something for your own, like, uh, not necessarily personal gain, but for your own, like, happiness, pleasure. So, like, collecting. Uh, I, I started out probably, I, I started collecting cards about, like, four years ago, like, solely collecting. Um, and uh, I, I probably did that until really last year. Well, I guess it's technically still this year. So what I would do is I would just buy cards, retail mainly, a hobby box every once in a while, and I would just keep those cards. Sure, I would see like a decent card and I'd be like, oh man, let me see how much this is worth because I like to have that idea of, oh, I have something that's more rare. I have something that has more value than what I paid. Like I, that's a very like satisfying feeling. So uh, I collected and that's what I did. Uh, I organized t uh, the cards by their teams and I put them in binders. And I kept it that way because for a long time, because I thought that's really what you were supposed to do. I thought it was cool. That's how my previous family members did it with other things, not necessarily sports cards. Never had any intention of only buying one player. I never even went to card shows for buying. I would just buy retail, open it, uh, be sad if I didn't get anything, what I thought was big, and um, uh, put anything. Uh, I think... Um, and, and like, I didn't even really watch videos of other people opening them at all either because I would just open them myself, maybe uh, look up um, what what I should buy and stuff, but I was never watching people open them. So I really never had the full grasp or knowledge on what was actually a good card to get 
because I still didn't even have the basketball knowledge that I do now because, uh, like I said in my last video, I had like a Carl Anthony Towns patch at a 99. I think I got it from like a Don Russ box or something. And uh, I thought it was bad because the Minnesota Timberwolves were bad. But I thought a Damian Jones patch card was good because he was on the Warriors. I had no idea how the draft picks worked, who even was Rookie of the Year. I just mainly watched the good teams, which isn't really what sports fans should do. So, and then I finally started realizing what was good, and I started separating those, taking more care of my cards, because when you're collecting, uh, like, um, how do I word this? Like, keeping your cards safe is very important, and that's throughout collecting, investing, and flipping, because cards, they're a physical object. They're, they're, they're uh, an inanimate object that you have to keep safe. Or its value goes tremendously down if it's damaged in some way. If you're collecting them, it's damaged. That'll hurt you personally. I mean, you don't want a bad-looking card. You don't want, like, a creased card, one with a horrible rip on it or something. Investing, you're not going to invest into something that's damaged. That's a waste of money. You're not getting anything out of that. So unless you're buying literally graded cards now, and for example, if you even bought a graded card in the slab that it's in, or the case that's in that PSA or BGS, whatever you use, puts it in, is like cracked or scratched, that, that's damaged and it's not going to be very appealing to you or others. And flipping, I mean, you have, uh, I, I personally know people on a marketplace where they deal a lot of the cards now to avoid fees. Um, if a box is uh, damaged, dinked on a corner, one time I was selling to a guy and he looked all, over all of them and he genuinely asked me why one of the corners on a box was like severely dented. Uh, and he thought that I had, uh, like, tried to open it and then reseal it, but, and I had to switch out boxes because his, um, paranoia, which is, like, reasonable because of what people do these days. So, always keep your cards safe when you're collecting and stuff because, like, there's not much time you can really spend on collecting because it's so, like, basic, but collecting is basically just opening cards for your own enjoyment your own pleasure, really having no end goal out of it besides just making yourself happy, making the people around you happy for doing it. It's it's not going to be something that you're just throwing a whole, whole bunch of money into or plans of taking a whole bunch of money out from. You just, you're just opening the cards to open them. You're, you're doing what the hobby is supposed to be for, having fun. And uh, now going into something that's more in-depth, which is more like investing, which um, as of recent, I went through the phase, I, I started out as a collector, I became like a quick flip type person, and then I moved over to investing. And I'll make the reasoning for that clear soon. So basically with investing, you know the definition of investing is basically putting a smaller amount or a normal amount into something with the hopes of then getting a bigger return out of it. So for example, I'm trying to think of something. So, well, I'm sure a lot of you guys, I mean, maybe not everybody, but say you just buy a house for $10,000. It's in really bad shape. Uh, and nobody really wants to live there. So you bought it for the $10,000. You just put in another $10,000. I'm probably not going to do that with cards, so just take out that money. But basically, you're putting that 10000 in, you're fixing it up, and then you're putting it out for more, and then just say you sold it for 50000 So technically, you'd make a $30,000 return, but let's just think with cards. So if I bought, well, me personally, in January, I bought a BGS 9.5 base Prism Zion for $219. I remember it well. In... That was in January, and I think in April, I don't know if that's when it's peaked specifically, but I remember at one point I looked and it was selling for like 500 flat on eBay. 
So I had invested $219 into it, and by then I had doubled my money, well, more than doubled my money in just a few months. So by doing that, I put money in to it. And then after its price rose significantly, signif- significantly uh, I could take money out of it. Or it, it, and it rose. And, uh, and if I sold it, I would make money off the investment. So that's really how it works. But not only can you buy into something that's already been graded and stuff, because I got to keep remembering that I'm talking about cards here, not just life in general. So, for example, recently I went to a card show and I was looking for raw cards, which means ungraded, for cheaper prices. And so I invested into them. And what I'm going to invest is the flat price I paid for the raw card plus the cost that's going to cost to grade them. So um, there's like a a Luka Doncic rookie card. Just say I put in $40 into it flat because it was just a normal card. I'm going to put in another like $25 for grading. So that's $65. If that card gets a 10, it's around $300. So you see how I'm getting the money there, like how I'm getting satisfaction out of it. And... The thing good about investing is you can start at such a low value, grade it, or not even grade it at all and just wait for the card to go up. And then you can then use that profit from that to then buy into invest into something bigger. So um, uh, I'm trying to think here. I, I, I haven't myself sold that many graded cards because... I'm the type of person, once I get a graded card or get attached to something like that, I don't really want to sell it. I'd rather wait months or find out some other way to get money than to sell a card I already have. Unless, I don't know, it's just like a player that I I just don't want anymore. Or if I just see the money is so outrageously large that it's like I might as well take the chance while I have it because it's not going to happen again. So people, as we've seen recently especially... A lot of people have been investing uh, specifically into graded cards because before, maybe 10, 15 years ago, graded cards were a thing, but you're not saying, oh, I only want to buy graded cards, which is a significant part of the market today. A lot of people rather buy graded cards than raw cards, even though the price is out insane. The just prices of a graded card are just so much larger than a raw card at this point. Uh, I think you can get a raw... Jason Tatum uh, Prism card for $175 rookie year, I mean. Uh, if it gets a 9, it's like, I think, 450 And if it gets a 10, like right now, I think that's like 850 And like at peak, that was like $1,200. So you see the difference between raw and graded and just how people are investing. Like recently, I sent in 30 cards personally to PSA. Uh, I sent them in, I think, in... Super, super late. I think it was literally like the last week of uh, September. And I'm supposed to get them back late uh, this month, December, or early January. That shows you how many people and how backed up PSA is. They've gotten so backed up that they've even rose the prices. I don't know if that was only because of the um, of the uh, like major uh, backup they had or like to deter some people by making the price higher or because they want to make more money off of it, and so they have rose, risen their prices. Uh, I personally don't know that answer, but uh, it would make sense for both, really. But uh, there's nothing wrong with investing, but 
as a kid or speaking from somebody who isn't in like the best financial state or that it just don't have a lot of money at their disposal or in just flat out you don't want to spend the money investing well collecting really you're never going to make money out of collecting just flat out opening cards and stuff you're never going to make money that way investing you you can put money in that would be losing money but you're never going to make money unless you sell what you invested into or if you're going to somehow take the money out of your investment with with cards you really can't do that because it's, it doesn't work that way uh so that's how I get into the next thing, which is like the quick flip. So, well, when I say quick flip, I don't necessarily always mean the literal definition of quick. Like, I don't know. You don't always need to uh, sell it like immediately as soon as you get it. But um, so the first time I ever sold cards was f- uh, mid-January of last year. So it was uh, first year of 2020 for Kobe's death and all that. Uh my grandma, I had told her how outrageous like Luka Doncic's price were and I was like this year Zion and Ja like their hype has risen the uh risen the prices of uh cards significantly. And uh, I'm really lucky to have like a really supportive family about this and like a really uh a really good like uh cast around me that'll really support me in anything I want. Uh I'm not saying that like a bratty kid way, but I'm saying that in a way like not just money and card wise but like if i just have good reasoning behind something they're they're going to support it uh i can't really remember a reason or something that they were this like flat out no to me about it uh because it was just outrageous or something but she had been listening to me and one day she passed through walmart and uh there there was a whole bunch of i, I think prism had recently just come out but there was only the blaster i mean cello packs left which is a retail format of uh three packs and in a little box i mean in a little package uh and in that, you had a chance at Zion, Jaw, Tyler Hero, Kobe White, etc. But just at the time, they weren't as big. But it was it was still a good thing then. And I was like, "Ooh, yes, buy them all!" And she did. And um, I think it was four hundred and fifty dollars in total because not only did they have uh, NBA Prism, they also had like the collegiate Prism draft picks. And she also bought that because I was so flustered and confused. I just told her to buy it all. And so I'm about to tell you about something I regret so much, but I mean, you learn from your mistakes. So what I immediately did was when I got them, me and my mom and my grandma sat together, we looked on eBay. And at the time, I think you could get, I think the packs were like $11 with tax or something like that. And on eBay, they were selling for around $27. So that's a little bit more than double. And I thought that was, like, crazy amounts of money. Like, of course it's money, and, like, you should never just, like, downplay it. But when you compare, like, previous prices to current ones, or just how much you could make if you would have held it, those type of things really, like, irk you, especially me. And so, I'll be honest, like, I struggle with patience. Like, not about everything, but, like, even since, like, a young age, I always struggle with, like, waiting on things. And so, I wanted to sell them as fast as I could, really. And so uh, after I found out I would have to even lose more money on eBay because of shipping and fees, uh, I decided to go to Marketplace. And what I did was I listed all the packs. I think I had, uh, it was like 17, I don't, I don't want to say for sure or something, but yeah, it was like 17 uh, normal prism packs and 18, uh, uh, 18 um, prism draft picks packs. I don't really want really to give a number on it, but it, it, it was in the teens, I'm pretty sure. And I know I had more draft picks ones, but 
what I did was I listed them on Marketplace, and then like immediately a guy messaged me. And a lot of the people were trying to downplay the prices, and uh, me being impatient, I agreed to a lot of them, but like not as far down as they wanted to go. But like, um, eventually one guy, he was like, oh, I'm a breaker, I live in Jeffersonville, Ohio, blah, blah, blah. And so we met. And I just wanted them off my hands quickly because how this works is if my grandma were to buy the cards, she was like, okay, from your profit, you just give, well, not profit, but you get the profit and I'll just keep the money that I paid for them. So then I get my money back and you make yours. So this is in January. She drives out there for me to Jeffersonville to him. He's like, I'm a breaker. And I think (laughs) looking back at it, I sold it for, I ended up selling them for 17 a pack and I only made $6 a pack. And those same packs now are like $130 in retail for like 11 So you see how you can gain so much money by being patient in this hobby. And that's, it's really hard with sports cards, specifically not just any card. But well, I, I mentioned this in, la- in the last episode, they fluctuate based off the performance of the class and the player. So uh at the time Zion wasn't even back from injury I don't think. I think he came back he came into like playing I think in February. I think it was February 14th like Valentine's Day or something. But um oh no, I think it was February 21st. I don't remember what it was in February, I'm pretty sure. But that's how I got the Zion so cheap, the BGS one. But um um by him coming back, he he scored like 21 points per game. Jaw was in the run for the playoffs. I think they were the eighth seed or fighting for it uh, with Portland. Um, uh, Tyler Hero wasn't back. Kobe White sort of went on a stretch there where he was averaging like 25 points per game. Uh, RJ Barrett had his like uh, moments. Uh, Brandon Clark was a good uh, piece on the Memphis Grizzlies too. So the class was somewhat deep at that time and it even got deeper now. But... I made my money and I was so happy and excited and then my grandma was too because we also didn't realize how much money we can make and she was like at this time because corona like affect a lot of people's uh not corona uh because she was off on Fridays uh yeah she could um go and uh look at the Walmarts because like she memorized the uh uh the um schedule for when they came in so uh, I was in online school or whatever. Uh, she would go in there. And this was really before it blew up. At this point, uh, I'm not trying to exaggerate or downplay it, but I only think there were probably in total maybe 10 people in my area doing it. Compared to now, no joke, probably 100. So she would, I don't think once until maybe March or April, she had to split it. So at this point, I was, and then Mosaic dropped. But I honestly don't remember when that hit. But at at, at one point, we were raking in like uh, uh, a third of a stock, half of a stock, and then even sometimes a full stock of Mosaic. We never hit Prism again because I think it was either at the end of Prism. I, yeah, I think it was at the end of Prism. So we never hit it again, but we hit Mosaic like multiple times. Uh, I really regret it, but we left uh, Donruss Hoops there a lot because... I was still in my closed mindset, which is very bad to have in a hobby. You always need to have an open mindset to look at new things. Never just be a one-trick pony in, uh, in, uh, as an investor because that's how you're going to lose money and that's how you're going to miss out on opportunities. So we would leave Don Russ, Hoops, etc. But 
And then I was raking in like $500 a week. And this was crazy for me. Um, and some weeks, yeah, we did miss. And uh, then my mom would like bring up the fact that like, oh, maybe it's over. Maybe you should stop or you're wasting gas money now <laughs> and stuff. But for like a 14 year old at the time, uh, it was crazy for me. Like it was a new experience. Uh, it's It's so much. Uh, that you sometimes don't even know what to do with it. But I wasn't spending the money yet. I was just like hoarding it. Like I, I really had no plan. I had no uh, future uh, premonition on what I was going to use it for. So, and then I think the biggest thing, it was probably the luckiest I'm going to get no joke for years to come in my life. But at two Walmarts in the same day, I hit two entire full stocks of Mosaic. I don't know if it was the release day or the week after, but it was it was really soon. And I hit two full stocks in the same day. And with those two stocks, I sold them, I think, at the end of the week for eBay prices, too. I didn't I didn't settle. Uh, I, I made um, $3,400. And that's after I paid my uh, grandma back. So the money I made from that and the connections I made, because people at this point, I was getting it every week people were uh, texting me and like they would memorize my account name and stuff. And then they would be like, hey, I haven't been able to do this. I'll pay you if you can just get them to me. Or like, I'm not trying to be rude, but sometimes people would literally beg uh, that like they would pay any price I wanted for a certain product because they wanted it so bad. Um, sometimes this was good. Sometimes this was bad. A lot of people on Marketplace, since it's local, and stuff, people, and it's not monitored, people don't have any, like, resentment towards what they say to you. They don't care how rude they are to you as long as they think they're going to win. And uh, a lot of times that was sometimes annoying, but uh, I would just block them uh, and never, like, think about doing business with them. But then you would you would see their, like, desperation when then they would use another account to text you apologizing. That That's when it got bad. But that that's how you do the quick flip, and, like, you have to get lucky, really. And, well, it's just so hard with this because this is just, it's such a weird market because with these type of things that fluctuate, it's so hard to, like, manage them because not only do you have to focus on the market itself, the players, like how much money the players are making, you also have to focus on the actual market of the retail items because what happens is when few people get something, it's going to be really expensive because everybody wants it. So, but as soon as something called flooding, when, which is when a whole bunch of the same product is all released out into the market at once, it's going to drastically lower the price. Like in the uh, industrialization era, uh, era of America, like you have steel prices. What they would do is they would buy uh, the iron ore deposits, which is a part of steel, and uh, they would um, then sell uh, the steel at a super, super low price. And what this would do is it would take all their uh, competitors' customers away and go to them. And uh, those horrible low prices would force the whole entire market to go down. Or like uh, when uh, Chinese, uh, okay, I'm using like irrelevant examples. But what I'm trying to say is if you have a low amount of something and only and everybody wants it, you're going to pay more because you want that when everybody else is going after it. But if you have a lot of something and a lot of people, then everybody can get something. So it's going to lower it. And that's when I took my first loss. Not really loss, just wake-up call. Uh, everybody was talking about Chronicles. Uh, the end of the season, well, all the playoff teams, all the rookie teams were basically out. John Moran, he didn't make the playoffs. 
New Orleans didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Tyler Hero still did crazy good, but like the players that everybody was hyped up about and everybody sort of started realizing and going back to work finally like, oh, well, this is this is it now. And so I still bought the Chronicles. I, I got lucky again, like for the first time in weeks, actually, I hadn't been getting anything. I got a full entire stock of Chronicles. So Chronicles basketball, by the way. And at the time, I think I, I think I paid a thousand dollars, and I think at the time it was selling for like three times as much. But in my mind, with Mosaic, I was like, "Oh, it just goes up," and I was like, "I'm not making the same mistake I did with Mosaic and Prism. I can just wait more and it'll go up." And that's what I thought. But then it dropped. It, it dropped down to about double, and that's why it's been sticking around. But like since I think it was ju- uh, July, I've held on to those till now and I'm going to hold on to them till the season starts to really make as much money as I can because how the uh, class is going to do in their second year but what I didn't realize was the chronicles were so expensive because for some reason people say it's like how close the factories are to some of the retailers they say if the retailers are close around the factories of panini or whatever that they're going to get them first so on ebay they were like super outrageous because there was only a few of everything and the week I got them, they were released. And I made the mistake of holding them. Not really a mistake, but just like the realization that it's not always like that. A market like this is never stable, really. And so that's what I did. And I listed it on Marketplace for, it was like an outrageous price, really. But people were still making like somewhat close offers. And I remember I denied them all. Uh, and, um, and I held on to them really until now. Um, it, and like, I even seen myself, I think about a month or two ago, I was getting desperate. Like I, I wanted sort of like the money because re- it's a buyer's market right now, because anytime in a sports cards market, uh, in the off season, the cards drop drastically. And especially with this year's basketball class, because the prices were just so crazy. They were already going to drop because of the off season, but now they also cooled way, way down. So, and I, and I wanted to buy. And so I was trying to even go back to like previous buyers from me or people who had sent me previous offers on the Chronicles lot. And I was like, still willing to pay this, this and this. And a lot of them said no. And that's because also, like I said, I was, I'm, I'm, in, I'm somewhat impatient, which is something you should never be in this type of thing. If you ever want to plan on doing the quick sell, never be impatient. And, um, and uh, now what I'm doing is I'm holding the cards. Uh, technically, I guess this is an investment now since I've sort of held on to it for so long. It isn't even a quick flip. I just have the intentions of selling, not investing, or and definitely not opening. And now I'm going to hold on to them until uh, the season starts this month, end of December. Uh, I think I'm probably going to wait until around mid-January, February, when the hype is probably the highest. I wish they would start now, so by if they all did good by Christmas, I could sell a lot of the stuff. But <clears throat> and uh, now I, I'm waiting for that time, and that's why I'm gonna sell it. But basically, what what I've tried to convey in this video, uh, I mean, recording is basically just there's different aspects of everything, and especially with this sports cards market, I can't like explain it enough that it's so unstable. Like, sometimes it makes a lot of people, it deters them because 
Nobody wants to go into something that at any moment they could lose money. Uh, and I just happened to be lucky enough to get in right when you really couldn't lose money. You can only make it. So it's just, you just got to be perceptive. You got to be open-minded. You got to be willing to do other things. You have to be willing to let go at the right times. You can't be too stubborn, uh, especially when you're a seller. If you're always having the high outrageous prices and expecting people to buy from you, that's not how it's going to be. And a lot of people are going to never talk to you or be interested again because they're going to see you as that person who doesn't want to be reasonable. Like nobody likes an unreasonable person. Uh, you want like reasoning and stuff. But um, I just hope uh, that a lot of people that this video hasn't like confused you enough. And uh, if, if I ever get more um, listeners uh, in the future, I want you guys to like ask questions and me to like... Um, clarify or answer them because now I see myself why like I'm talking right now I see myself repeating them in different ways and just saying the same thing or just sort of like rambling on because there's just so many things I know I'm skipping over and like so many little details that could be avoided and stuff but uh just like uh yeah you guys understand what I mean but in the future of this podcast, I hope to maybe, I mean, it's, it's large goals, but like, I hope I can just get like a guest of some sort, eventually somebody to talk to because, uh, it, I, I personally don't see myself doing it more than like 10 episodes alone by like not getting a guest by then. Uh, like, um, I think, I think it's called well, Ryan, he, he runs a YouTube channel, Card Collector 2. He also has a card shop in Columbus. He's the one who actually I talk to the most, probably. He has a nice podcast with, like, three other guys, and they get often guests. Uh, like, I, I would like something to do like that, but the thing is, I don't know anybody my age or who's interested really in the same stuff I am that would be willing to um, join me. But th those are my goals, really. Uh, and... I'm not saying I'll stop it after 10 videos, but if, like, I actually get a good, like, listener, like, crowd, and you guys are asking questions, I can focus those newer videos on those questions, so then I have something to more speak about than just randomly telling you guys about things, like, I do plan to make some videos about, like, what to look for in grading, uh, what to buy at card shows, um, when to buy, when to sell, uh, what players I think I, you should invest in, what players I think you should sell, because those are things that just like a lot of people skip over or they don't pay attention to because a lot of people are buying memberships and paying people to gain access to graphs and different things to show you the prices rising and uh, dropping on certain players when you could do that for free just using different outlets online. But people, a lot of people are impatient and uh, they'd rather just... Uh, lazy and they to be honest they just let rather somebody do it for them and uh, I just plan on going in depth about how you can do some of those things for free but uh yeah thank you for listening I hope you uh learned some things from the podcast and uh thank you